about that. Okay. Got a new piece of footage up there. Welcome aboard, Davy Longwood. Hi. So, as always, ladies and gentlemen, this is our 95th episode now. 95 episodes. We only have five more to the big 100. Now, as always, the first thing we always want to tell you is you got to go to YouTube to watch our show. If you don't know how to get there, there's you a QR code. Captain's Quarters Podcast at YouTube.com. And every week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, another show. Another group of people doing fun things, talking about fun stuff. And we will show you our whole list. I now have every Monday night booked from now until the end of the year, except for two nights in November. And I may have them already booked out, too. I have tentative agreements now. We may be set for the whole year, which means that i got to start on 2024 now. So go to Captain's Quarters Podcast at YouTube, use that QR code, like us, follow us, subscribe to us. We need all the help we can get because we can't do it without you. So there you go. On that note, Davey, what do we normally start off with? Eight bells, Eight bells right? So let's do eight bells. I am adjusting my screen here. If you're ready, Davey, eight bells is brought to you by the Riker family. What's that? Sponsored by? Sponsored by the Riker family of reenactors. Very good friends of ours that are part of the St. Augustine Swashbucklers also, and big supporters of the St. Augustine pirate community and the podcast. So we've got four for you tonight. We actually have a fifth one, but we'll talk about that one in a minute. So, let me get the glasses on. Robert Swan, ladies and gentlemen, was an American actor. Swan later became, began appearing on film and television. Swan is best known for his roles in Hoosers, The Untouchables, Born, Natural Born Killers, and Backdraft. He also worked as a voice actor for television commercials and founded an opera company in Three Oaks, Michigan. He was 78 years old. John Michael Hardwick was an actor American voice actor, comedian, writer, producer, and YouTuber. He was best known as the voice of Dale Gribble in the animated American television show, King of the Hill. He served as staff writer, story editor, and producer for the show as well. He had four primetime Emmy nominations, and in 1999, he won an Emmy Award for his work as a producer on King of the Hill. He was 64 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Stanton Arthur Waterman was an American cinematographer, blimey, an underwater film producer who was a five-time Emmy Award winner. Television credits include The American Sportsman, The Bermuda Depths, The Explorers, and film credits include The Deep, Jaws of Death, and in 2013, Waterman took his last dive in the Cayman Islands at the age of 90. He was passed on at the age of 100. And John... Fielder was an American landscape photographer, nature writer, and the publisher of over 40 books, and a conservationist. He was nationally known for his landscape photography, scenic calendars, which have been published for over 30 years, and for his many coffee table books and travel guides, including Colorado's best-selling Colorado, 1870-2000. to 2000. 
He was 73 years old. Now we have a fifth one, ladies and gentlemen, and none of you will know who this is, but I ask you to go look him up. This man's name, ladies and gentlemen, was Rodriguez. Actually, Jesus Sisto Diaz Rodriguez. He was a rock singer from 1967 to 1973 in Detroit. He worked with some of the greats. When I first heard this man singing, ladies and gentlemen, why is my phone going off like that? When I first heard this man singing on an NPR show over the weekend, I thought, that's Bob Dylan. He sounds like Bob Dylan. He sang the same kind of songs. But in 1973, he kind of stepped out of the limelight and threw it all back and didn't worry about it anymore. In 1998, his albums were making it to the teenage youth of South Africa. And from 1998 to 2013, he became a, a phenomenon all over again. His albums sold in South Africa, Bosnia, uh, let's see, Australia. There were four countries, but I don't remember the fourth one. He sold more albums, ladies and gentlemen, than Elvis Presley sold in the United States. And his one album, The Cold Fact, was more popular than the Beatles' Abbey Road at the same time. It's an amazing story of this man. They're doing a documentary on him. He was an immigrant of Mexican, uh, the son of an immigrant Mexican farmer, and they ended up in Detroit. And all of his music is that 60s anti-government, anti-establishment, and it caught like wildfire in South Africa. He is an amazing singer. His lyrics are wonderful and clear and cool. And I ask you, Davies put the Wikipedia about him, and we're going to be starting to try to find some of his music too. It was a great story I heard. It just sparked my interest, and I thought I would share it with you. Ladies and gentlemen, he was born in 1942. He died last week on August 8th, 2023. He was 81 years old. This is one of those celebrities that had two times to be a celebrity, 66, 67 to 73, and then again in 98 to 2013. So ladies and gentlemen, that's one of our other eight bells, and that was a personal one for me. We raise our glass in honor of all these that have created such great artwork for all of us to enjoy throughout the seasons. Eight bells, Davy. On that note, shiver me pictures. It's time for Mini Mayhem's Joke of the Week. Come on, Davy, show us up with old Mini Mayhem. Hello, mates. Mini Mayhem here with the Joke of the Week. Sponsored by Shiver Me Pictures. How do pirates motivate each other during a race? Think about it, and I will give you the answer at the end of the show. Well, that's an interesting one. How do pirates motivate each other during a race? Haven't heard that one. I always like hearing a new pirate joke. We'll have the reveal at the end of the show. Quote of the Week by Spyglass Travel. Now, ladies and gentlemen, my friends at Spyglass Travel, if you want a great walking tour of the most historic city in the nation, you need to call up Spyglass Travel. They do some wonderful tours. And you know what? Even in the heat, I ran into Mr. Kevin, 
this past weekend, or this past week, and he was preparing for two tours, even in the heat of the day. He told me he would be looking for as much shade as possible for his tour people. But they give us a, they give a great tour, and we hope that everybody will call Spyglass Travel. Our quote, Patrick Rothfuss, half of seeming clever is keeping your mouth shut at the right times. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a good one, Mr. Davey. <laughs> half of seeming clever is keeping your mouth shut at the right times. I... That's like that other saying about, um, well, never mind, I'll, I'll butcher it so I won't bring it up. Very good, Davey, very good. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, Ancient City Spy Sirens, they sponsor our question of the week every week. And Ancient City Sirens, under the command of Miss Gina, they're our sister crew to the St. Augustine Swashbucklers, and an all-female band of talented ladies that can dance in just about any style you need for your event. Make sure you contact them. For now, though, ladies and gentlemen, the question of the week, always try to make it appropriate to our guest tonight. When you listen to radio, what is your preferred pleasure? See, for me, I'll answer it right off the top. For me, most of the time, which makes my wife very upset, I prefer talk radio. When I'm driving around in the cars, I like talk radio. But once in a while, if I can't get the talk radio I want to listen to, well, guess what? I will listen to Beach 105.5. Yes, I like them too. And it just so happens that, well, that's where our guest is going to be from tonight. Anything else on uh, Crew Adventures, though, completed? We don't really have anything because we've had a couple of weeks off. We've completed everything else. We're just getting ready to go into the season. Crew Adventures on the horizon. The only one I want to talk about right now, really, ladies and gentlemen, is Ancient City Con, which is coming up in about three and a half weeks. And there you go. Ancient City Con. And guess what? William Mayhem will be there. And do you have the other one? There it is right there, Davey. I knew you had it. I actually will be doing a one-hour panel discussion seminar on the genesis of your inner character in one hour. Normally, my acting seminar is about a three-hour. I try to make it more than a three-hour event because anything that happens in three hours gets you stranded on an island with Gilligan and the captain. So... It's, this one is the genesis of your inner character in one hour. It's a $10 fee to be a part of it on that Sunday afternoon, the last day of the event. And every paid pass will be receiving a free thank you gift from me. Not going to tell you what it is, but I will tell you it is worth as much as your ticket. That's all I'm going to say. So come on out, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be there all three days in the lobby, the booth that we will be sharing with Ancient City Sirens, by the way, and talking about what we do, showing off what we can, and having a good time for the whole weekend. So come on out, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like you to be there. On that note, I can't think of anything else but to bring our guest in. What do you say, Davey? Did I miss something? I don't think so. Right. There it is. Now, ladies and gentlemen, he is a local radio personality and... We can dare say DJ, and he works at 105, Beach 105.5 Radio, and you can listen to that anywhere here in St. John's County. And, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Mr. John Miriam. Andy there, everybody. Hi, very good to see you, mate. How are you? I'm pretty good. People might get thrown off a little bit unless they know the photography that uh, on the radio I'm JT, but 
you and I can go back to the entertainment world, Captain Mayhem, that uh, in the radio business we have stage names too, and long ago in a radio station far away that we'll get into, uh, had a program director thought I should be JT, and it kind of stuck, so so there you go. So I have these two names late in life, and I'm kind of over it, but it's all good, you know? And, and the, the radio business has come an extremely long, long way from the old ways, because when you first started doing it, you were laying down records, weren't you? Oh, absolutely, yeah, 45s on big 16-inch uh, turntables that weighed a ton, and Sometimes you slip cue them while you're talking. You're slip cueing the next song while you're talking on the radio, hearing that in one side of the headphones while you hear yourself in the other. It was an interesting time. I don't want to throw this off the rails immediately, but I'm watching your monologue, and you won't believe one of the birthdays you had was John Fielder. And, of course, my other life is photography. Look what I happen to have. I hope, in fact, I'm going to turn on this bigger light here. What do you I have this book from John Fielder. Oh, really? The one we just talked about. Look at that. Yeah. And it is the most amazing thing. He, he took, in fact, I'll hold this up while I'm talking here. He, he took these, um, I guess, compositions or what you'd call poses in landscape photography, too. And he took the pictures from uh, the 1870s and in that century, the 19th century, and then retook them as close as he could to the same angles later in life to recreate them and it was it's just an amazing amazing uh, coffee table book you know what i actually now that you say that with the way that he did it i have actually heard of that book and seen it before yeah that's an amazing accomplishment for him to have done too yeah it was just amazing to me when you were talking about that because of my photography i got this as a gift some years ago yeah, and that's oh my God, the, I have that book. <laughs> and that's one of the things we're going to be talking about because you are a multifaceted man. Well, I think most people are. You know, the, the funny thing about working these days, if you call what I do work, is I think everybody has at least one or two passions in life, and a lot of people have two and three jobs to get by. So I'm lucky that I, I love what I do. The other thing that I would do to throw, throw off the rails here, I was thinking about your seminar. At uh, is it Ancient City Con? Is that what it is? Yes, Ancient City yeah. Con. Um, and you were talking. Usually, it's three hours. And we had a question on Beach One Hundred Five Five the other day. What is the subject that you could talk on? We just threw this out to listeners for at least an hour, just like right now, because you know it that good. And of course, my two would be radio and photography. And I know you've been in entertainment for a long time, so that's an interesting subject too. It's like just cold turkey. Your experience. What could you boom into right now? and talk about uh, your experiences and how you got there, what you do, and what might help you if you wanted to try it out, that kind of thing. So it's and, a good start tonight, man. It, it's it's going to be fun busting it down into one hour because I, I'm, I, I've already decided in my head that I'm only going to spend about 15 or 20 minutes at the front side of it talking, and then I'm just going to open it up to questions and let them ask questions and, and then answer them. And I think that will probably be the more beneficial way to do this. Don't you find when you do something like that, though, that, that you have your own perspective on what you do and what you know about it, and then you present it to others, the things you think are important, prioritize, prioritize them and so on, but then they start asking questions and you go, wow, that's a different way of looking at this. I didn't expect that question. You know, you always get something new and you learn something. Yes, and, and I, I think that's, one of the ways that it's going to make this hour, um, I, I, I'm sure I will go over. And what I'm hoping is that there's not another panel 
scheduled for that room immediately after me. So if I do go over, I'm fine. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it and you, we were talking earlier on pre-show, it, we're both within two years of each other. You're a little right. older than I am, but yep. we're two years of each other. Uh, you didn't have to say that part. part. Come on. <laughs> well, of course I did. I didn't want to be the oldest one on the show tonight. That's my first time. Um, Come on, man. <laughs> um, one of the one of the things, though, I mean, you've been doing radio since you were. This is this. That's how you started. You started doing radio at the very beginning. You've been doing this almost all your life. The funny thing funny is, years, um, um, I often say I started in '73, so it was 50 years this year. But and I would have been 16 then. It was right before my 16th birthday that I went on the air alone for the first time, scared to death, shaking so hard that I couldn't even queue up records. But I really went on the air the first time. In Canyon City, Colorado, my hometown, those of you that remember AM radio, we had one AM radio station that signed off at midnight and came on at 5.30 in the morning, and they hired me to play the church programs. But in fourth grade, I actually did the school news from Washington Elementary on uh, KRLN, this little radio station. So that was my kind of my first experience was being a kid from Washington Elementary that would read the school news like once a month or whatever it was. Hi, this is John Miriam with the Washington School News. So it, that was a long time ago. I don't know what year that would have been, but it was late 60s, you know, 68, 69, probably. So, so here's a question. Yeah. You know, you, you said if we throw it off the rails, even though we may have had an agreement of what we were going to do. I told you that when it's unscripted, and you know this, the same with radio, when it's unscripted, just whatever comes up, comes up, right? Yeah. So yeah. I just heard something, and you might know this, or you may not, and this is going to give you something to research. I just heard last week in the news that the government is trying to figure out how to remove AM radio completely from the air. Have you heard that? Yes, that is absolutely making the rounds in, in this business. Um, they've been actually trying to do that for quite some time, but they get pushback because the industry knows that AM radio still has a strong purpose, and one of those is, is safety. When we get yes. these hurricanes, um, you know, people don't realize, and I'll tell you this from kind of an inside pool's perspective, when you think about the Internet when a hurricane comes and the power goes out, um, you think, well, these cell towers have, have batteries, they're going to stay online. But we've all learned they don't stay online. You they lose don't. your Look internet. what happened you... in Oahu. Yeah, exactly. They they have limited batteries that aren't recharging, and so you only have them for so long if they stay up. And radio stations through the years, thank goodness, have, have built themselves up so they are there in an emergency. And AM radio goes much further than FM radio. And so it still has a place out there. And, and I think that... Uh, I mean, I realize, gosh, I was in radio when FM took over. You know, I started in AM, and by the time, what am I thinking? I was in Los Angeles, the picture you showed earlier in the late 70s, early 80s, and I was working for one of the biggest rock and roll top 40 stations in the country, KHJ, but even it was dying. All the AM radio stations were dying, and um, it was a sad thing for those of us that loved old AM top 40 radio. But it was bound to happen because of the fidelity of FM with stereo and sounding so good. Uh, but to this day, I still believe in that thing that AM has a place because of its reach and also because it's, it's safety. And I think they're still pushing back 
um, on keeping it in cars, but we'll see where and, and it goes. I, a lot of people want to get rid of it. Was the, the, the pushback against the politicians that want to remove it is is so strong that they, they, they probably will back down. Wolfman Jack got his his start on AM radio. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Wolfman Jack, and I'm trying to remember a couple of the other DJs of the time back in the '60s and the '70s. But Alan Freed. Freed, yeah. Um, gosh, there, there were so many. I, I know all the people from different big markets. You know, if you're in New York, you listen to Harry Harrison and Dan Ingram. If you're in Chicago, you listen to Larry Lujak and John Landecker and a friend of mine, Tommy Edwards. Um, Brant Miller, who is a weather guy up in Chicago now, gave me my first full-time job uh, in Denver years ago. Then if you were in L.A., you had Charlie Tuna and uh, oh, gosh, Charlie Tuna. Ocean. Yeah, Charlie Tuna was the morning guy when I started at KHJ. So that, you know, I, it's just my world. So I know all these people and uh, just legendary people that I listen to going, God, I wish I could be as good as them one day, you know, and then make a radio life. I was a huge fan of the great Don King um, out of uh, Panama City, Florida. And that was a WDLP radio. Um, but that was back in the 70s. Um, I, I don't even know if that radio station still is doing what they're supposed to be doing. And Don McCoy. Um, he was out at Panama City Beach Radio, and he was also a magician, and he was much older than I, I was at the time. Um, I, I believe, from the last checking, Don McCoy was still alive, but he would be in his late 80s now. Wow. Um, and he How about was, that? And he was back in that time frame. So, yeah, the AM radio was important, and it's still important because that's the best way to get the word out when everything else is falling down around our ears. That's true. I think a lot of people, too. I grew up in a small town about 120 miles south of Denver, south and west a little bit. And um, I think a lot of people lived in smaller towns. Mine at that time was probably 10,000 people. Um, found themselves at night listening to these big 50,000-watt stations that would cover America. I listened primarily to WLS out of Chicago and KOMA out of Oklahoma City and a little bit to uh, X-Rock with the Wolfman out of uh, out of Mexico, of course. He was in the Ciudad Juarez, you know, X-Rock right. 80. And AM was all it then because they covered everything at night, and FM doesn't go near as far. So that was my growing up on radio. Did you ever do anything for WFOY here in, in St. Augustine? No, the interesting thing is that uh, we are in their building and actually on their tower. We lease space from them. We used to be in the record building, but of course that was sold recently, and we moved. And so uh, the interesting thing is, you mentioned the changes in radio. 99% um, of what I do on Beach 105.5 is uh, done from right here in this home studio. I, I don't go into the studio a lot um, and have the ability like you to do interviews from here or, or whatever I need to get done. I can control the radio station from here, change the songs, whatever I want to do. It's kind of a, an amazing thing. I'm lucky because I'm a tech guy for guys our age. So uh, I spent 15 years writing software for radio stations, and so uh, I've kind of embraced it. But there are parts of it that really bother me, too, you know, the, the fact that there aren't many live jocks on the air. and There are jocks coming into all these small markets from the bigger cities, and there's very little chance for younger people to get started in this business and move up the ladder. I think what you're doing, podcasting and these kinds of things, are kind of the, the new media for that kind of stuff. Maybe not radio, but more this talk stuff. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think the, um, the the podcasting is the next stage up, and it it it's an open market. There's there's so much that we can do, 
Davey and I have conversations all the time about all the things we want to do, and, and you and I had a conversation pre-show that there's got to be something that maybe we can cross contaminate with, so to speak, between <laughs> between what you're doing and what we're doing. I, I'd love to have a, a partner in the radio industry here. Not, I mean, not just a, a, a partner like yourself, but a partner of the radio, radio station itself. Well, and I think that that is one of the things that separates a station like Beach 105.5 or the smaller stations I started at before I went to bigger markets is the being local. And uh, if, if we talk about A, the radio station, and B, my photography, all of those are kind of hyper-focused on local. Now, I'll shoot photography anywhere I go, um, but we probably, and you know this, we probably shoot more events. Ooh, thanks for that one. That's we shoot more shot. events or as many events as any photography couple in town, my wife, Carrie, and I. Um, we do, you know, we've shot hundreds of pictures of you. We do reenactors. We do. No, and I probably owe you for those broken lenses. So. <laughs> we do the, you know, we did the royal family uh, transfer of power this year. I emceed that while my wife was photographing it. We just did the, uh, the Camino that came to town through the Basilica. So we really enjoy the history here in being local for sure oh, look at that shot yeah that's an amazing shot people ask me is that photoshopped and the answer is no um i can tell you that uh, and i hate to give away secrets but that was taken at a park if i can go on my computer here i have to go to maps.google.com i forget the name of the park it's down at the far south end of downtown down at the end of lincolnville see if i can find it here real quick um, Robert B. Haling Freedom Park. It's even further south than Eddie Vickers Park. And it's kind of a, an open field kind of park. There's a walking path there. There's some chimes you can play. And it looks across. It's kind of down by Cat's Paw Marina as well. You can look across about a mile and a half to the lighthouse and uh, have a great view. And if you got the right lens and the right conditions, you get a shot like that. Wow, that is a great shot. So we have a mutual friend, <clears throat> uh, J.W., um, uh, 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 drone shooting. Oh yeah, yeah. And and we went out last week and did some drone. Just we were. It was mostly experimentation, but we got some really nice shots um, of the. Moon that was the full moon night. Water. Yeah, and, yep. and it was it was a lot of fun. So he's now um, a, a, a very strong part of our pirate family in some things that we've offered him to be a part of and, to, and do pictures and. and gather up some extra b-roll type footage for anything he wants to do and what we want to do so we've made some good agreements with him too and he'll be a part of old city pirate festival also he's a good guy yeah i know him really well in fact i was a little jealous i told him i would have loved to have been there on the beach with the still camera and taking pictures of that we were that night we were looking for the moonrise at the boat ramp at volano and it was really cloudy you guys probably know that and uh, we got a really nice shot of the moon and the clouds with the lighthouse behind it. But uh, yeah, having, I saw those pictures in, in the video of you guys out there with your lanterns and out of the dark and the drone. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to do another one um, and try to plan it. I, I have to look at the, the scales and, the, and the, the charts for a full moon. I mean, I, show how silly I am. I thought, yeah, the moon's going to come up. It's going to be bright on the beach. It's going to be wonderful yeah. out there. And the moon comes up, and it's not that bright out there. It, it <laughs> no. was Because the moon was in a different angle from where we were at. It, it wasn't where I thought it was going to be. But we still, we got some great shots. And he's, he's really a great drone operator. And he did some really cool things. 
Did you see the one, the video that we did with his boy? I don't believe so, no. Davey, can you call that up? Do you have do you have the ability to call that up real quick? We're going to show it off a little bit real quick. <laughs> I know we're still playing with some ideas with it, but the the raw footage of it is pretty cool. Um, and if Davey can pop it up there, that would be really cool. So uh, with all the photography, both you and your wife are doing all these pictures. It, you you just do landscapes and 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 what's the other words I want to use for it? You, you don't you don't do babies and weddings, right? <laughs> you remember that. So I, I have my Cliff's notes here, and uh, what do I say here? I'm going to say. Da, da, da. What, do, what do we shoot? More events than anybody in town. I don't know if that's really true, but as many events as anybody in town. Uh, if you have an event, a parade, or whatever it is, something at Francis Field, we're most likely there. Uh, sunrise, sunsets, landscapes, rocket launches, uh, of course, all the sites, the Castillo, the Bridge of Lions, the Lighthouse, of course. We have a great relationship with the Lighthouse, but as the good captain said, not weddings. I have this fear of bridezilla. I admit it. I'm sorry. We'll do headshots. We've done corporate headshots. I did um, the complete menu of the new Renaissance Hotels restaurant, the Castillo Craft Kitchen, which is the one across from the parking garage in Ripley's there. Um, I have shot their entire menu twice, so I do food photography. A lot of people don't know that. But uh, I'm scared to death of Bridezilla, so we haven't done any weddings. We've been asked, but we haven't we haven't bit that one off yet. My quartermaster and... Uh, is getting married on November 4th and um, Gene his better soon to be better half they're both part of our crew and I've asked a few friends that I know that do photo photography and everybody says nope don't do weddings don't do weddings <laughs> well the funny thing is and I think most photographers would tell you this that these days you know everybody's got one of these yeah. With uh, multiple cameras on the back. And, in fact, mine's brand new, new, new phone smell. Ah. <laughs> Just got that the other day. And, and so it's more difficult, I think, than ever to make a living as a photographer because people are shooting their own stuff with these things. But there's still a place for it. And weddings is probably one of the places you can make money as a photographer. Um, thank God my radio supports my camera habit for the most part. So. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, did you find it, Davey? If you can't, don't worry about it. Don't stress. It's okay. <laughs> um, but so let's go back into your radio. Your, your radio time. You had the. You have some great stories, and you had the privilege of meeting the Blues Brothers, Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. <laughs> Yeah, radio is a little bit like the military life in the sense that you move all over the place because you're always, when you're a young guy starting in a small town, you want to make it to the bigger markets where you make the bigger money and the bigger name for yourself. And so I was really fortunate that I uh, got out of high school in 1975, and by 1978, I was working at KHJ in Los Angeles, legendary top 40 radio station owned by uh, RKO General at the time. General Tire and Rubber, the parent company, but the RKO part came from RKO Radio Pictures. Our studios were literally on the lot with Paramount because they used to be the same company years before that. So that's an interesting story. But yeah, one of the many people that came through, and of course, we were in bigger markets in those days, they all came through pushing their records. And uh, Belushi and Aykroyd came through pushing the Blues Brothers. They were doing that thing. And I happened to be there that afternoon when they came in. 
And uh, I think we have the cover from, from one of the national radio magazines that they took in the studio that day. I was like 21 years old, whatever it was. And they were, they were hilarious. Belushi went on the air with our afternoon guy, not with me. And uh, he did uh, Samurai Disc Jockey. I don't, know, I don't know if you remember his Samurai stuff. But he yeah. went on the air and just went bonkers as Samurai Disc Jockey, you know. And it, it, we were just torn up because he was so funny. And it was a terribly sad thing when, when he passed away the way he did because uh, what an enormous talent. And I got to tell you that, you know, those guys, whatever they are, they're probably, what, 10 years older than us or John Wood, right. David Sterling, right David Yeah. Um, yeah. So if I'm 21, they're in their early 30s. And uh, they, with everything that was going on in their life, hitting their peak, hitting their stride, um, they were just as nice and fun as they could be. They were just like two guys came in having a good time. We're going to be the Blues Brothers. And we're going to do our uh, samurai disc jockey thing. It was it was a lot of fun. So, are there any other stars or celebrities that you've met that stick out in your mind as being positive? Oh boy, a lot I mean, of people. You know, my my early years were in top forty radio. Then I did a lot of country radio, um, and I was more in middle management as a program director in country radio. I did that in Dallas for for a lot of years. Um, so a lot of country stars. I know when I was doing mornings in San Antonio in 1981 on a, uh, and for the people that are radio people that might watch this, I worked for Clear Channel Communications, which is now iHeart. Um, and they owned 12 radio stations then, not 1,200. It was a completely different animal back then. And uh, George Strait was just beginning to break out. He was a local artist out of San Marcos, Texas, just north between Austin and San Antonio. And I got to see and meet him at a place called Texas Dance Hall back in those days, um, not knowing that he would become not the biggest thing in country ever. So that, that was an interesting thing. And, and there's been a lot of people, you know, sometimes you'll get with radio guys and say, who was, who was the coolest person you met? Who was the, uh, the ugliest person you met, the nastiest? And there were a few of those. Um, but yeah, that was fun. And getting to this part of life, it's interesting now with some of these touring bands that are bands from our era that are still out there playing. I've interviewed some people I would have never in my life thought I'd interview. Johnny Mathis uh, was one that I got to interview. Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. from The Fifth Dimension was just two wonderful people to talk to. And uh, to think, and the thing about Marilyn McCoo, you know, as we get older, our voices kind of get raspier and change, and mine certainly has. But Marilyn McCoo got on the phone, and she's got to be, you know, 15, 20 years older than me, I guess. I'd have to look it up. And she still sounded like a 25-year-old songbird. She's had this beautiful speaking voice, even, and just so articulate and fun and, again, down-to-earth and all that. And it's kind of cool to, to talk to some of the people that you idolized growing up that I didn't get to talk to when I was a younger disc jockey because I was lower on the totem pole. First big rock and roll band I ever saw live was Rare Earth. And I got to uh, interview when I was working in Detroit a few years ago, Peter Rivera, uh, the drummer and kind of leader, singer of uh, Rare Earth. So that was a joy. But boy, there's been a bunch. It would be hard to go down that list. Yeah, I, having lived and worked in Vegas for all those years and then done several you know comedy clubs across i've had the privilege of meeting and or working with some pretty cool stars i, I you know I, I, um, I, I here's one that we would both have in common and that would be rick springfield 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, when I was living in Tucson, Arizona, they had a big tennis and golf classic every year, and it was originally called the Michael Landon. And then when he passed on, it got moved over to uh, Rick Springfield. They had him come in to be the, the celebrity host of the whole thing. And then when he didn't want to do it anymore, it was... Um, Oh wow! I can't think of his name. Played Wild Bill Hickok. Um, movie star? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking. I'm not thinking of the right guy. I'm thinking of uh, Val Kilmer in Tombstone. No, no, but that's no, the wrong one. It'll come to me in a minute. Somebody yeah. on somebody on my screen will, will will catch up with me on that one. There you go. And uh, and let us know what it is. But uh, uh, Bo Bridges. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Bo Bridges that played Hitchcock. It was it was um, the other Bridges. Anyway, yeah. um, all of them great people, wonderful people. I, I, I it gave me the opportunity to meet people like um, Artie Johnson, oh, wow. Lyle Wagoner, um, and uh, Adrian Paul from the television show Highlander. Those 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 are some of my good memories uh, that of people that I've gotten to meet through all these things that I've done. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then some of the great, um, some of the great magicians I got to meet, um, Doug Henning when I was younger, wow. he was, a, he was an idol. So, but those things, those little things, they, same with you, they propel you even further and make, make everything. I want to say it makes it, those are the little rewards that make your job even more fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of like icing. There you go. There it is. It's, there uh, it is. That's the there young me in the lower right, kids. Jeez. Yeah, a very young you. <laughs> and, and nobody wears those collared striped shirts anymore. But no. I think I think the guy in the center with that shirt that he had, I think I had one of those back then. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's an interesting picture because it's both of my bosses. The guy that hired me is behind me, John Sebastian. And uh, the guy next to me is Chuck Martin. He's the guy that fired me, but that's okay. That's how radio goes. I was lucky to work there. And, we, you know, Chuck, we always thought, looked a little like Frankie Valley, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think Chuck's still out there somewhere living in L.A., retired. And then, of course, we had uh, the afternoon guy was known as the unknown disc jockey. Do you remember the un unknown comedian? Yeah. Yeah, that's where that came from. And then, of course, John and Dan. So when... How do I, let me think. I'm going to ask this this way. So when Dan Aykroyd and, and, and John Belushi, when they were, so to speak, in the public eye, even though it was radio, they were in character. But when it, when it wasn't, when, did they drop out of character? Or did they stay in character the whole time? They pretty much stayed in character with us. Yeah. And I've seen what you're talking about. Um, but no, they were pretty much in character the whole time. Belushi more than Aykroyd. Aykroyd would talk to you a little bit and uh and Belushi was kind of always on didn't seem like there was a mute you know yeah yeah he's it, it, well he was he was always that way with every character he does so so yeah I mean and the reason I asked is because and you and I talked about this this the 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 pirate voice and and accent that I have is is pretty much on all the time nowadays I, I yeah. can't get rid of most of it it's there um another reenactor here in St. Augustine that you know, and if, if he's watching or hears of this, uh, I, I'm going to preface this by saying this is a huge compliment, but he, and that's Chad. 
Oh, Chad. Chad Light. Chad Light, yeah. And, and when I first met Chad Light, he would never break character. And he would. it would used to just frustrate me that it's just me and him standing by in the net talking and he's still in character. But now I understand. I truly well, I still feel that way with Chad, but, but Chad is Chad and, and he's he's an amazing guy. He is, um, and he's a talent. And, yeah, he's uh, a very talented guy, very talented artist. Yes, he is. He, yeah, he is. Yeah. I'm very lucky to call him a friend. And he's yeah, I'm not sure show. we're friends yet, but, uh, but yeah, I know Chad and, and know a lot of the people in the militia and so on, and he does uh, great work around town. I really have a lot of respect for him. He's, he's a good actor, and I remember before I even knew any of the militia people, um, Chad was the guy because he has the look. It's like you have the look. It's just like when you have the camera, it's like, oh, my gosh, that guy looks good. <laughs> I know? just... I just actually this afternoon sent out a uh, a message to um, the leader of the Mena Menendez because I have a date in November that's open and I want to want to give them the date to come sit here and talk about because it's a couple of weeks in advance of uh, British Nightwatch. Yeah, yeah. And give them a chance yeah. to talk about British Nightwatch and Mena Menendez. I hope he takes me up on the offer. Now that I put it out there in public, other people can then call him up and say, hey, you're being put on the spot. So, what <laughs> twist in my arm, man? Hey. So, can I go back I'm, to one thing you brought up? I wanted to throw this out there because it is one of the, just a small thing, actually two things. The first is a quote that I got from one of the many people I've interviewed, and it was, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to forget the name, bass player for the Moody Blues, John Lodge. Hi. Um, he was playing in Orlando at, at uh, House of Blues or whatever it was several years ago. I got to interview him because we were giving away tickets. And um, he said one of the coolest quotes of all the people I've interviewed. Um, he said, what a journey it's been. And he said, I always remember that no matter what, music will be my friend. You know, whenever you're down, whenever you're out, music's always there for you. And I thought that was one of the cooler quotes I've gotten over the years. And the other thing I was going to throw out there to you, because you've been in kind of this entertainment world in a different way than me too is and i don't know why this is i'm not trying to say this to be cool or something but i was never starstruck by most of the people i met um i don't know why maybe i didn't understand the breadth of it you know at the time i mean i knew they were big stars but uh, but i was and because of that i was kind of an idiot didn't get as many pictures and autographs as i probably should have over the years um but I, I just, I just always really appreciated the people that were more down to earth, that were good at their character, but then they were just nice people to you too. I always just love that you know, those kinds of people. I'm exactly the same way. I mean, you've been in my private room and you've seen my wall with some of some of the pictures oh, yeah. and stuff like that. That's that's nothing compared to everything that I've met. I'm not starstruck so much as I am when I meet them and I. It's their character that I like, but then I get to meet them, and then you get to talk like normal people. Um, a, a good example would be um, Gary Boswick. Yeah. yeah. We met him last year, and he was so down to earth, and 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 we wanted to do, we did an interview with him. The, the sound quality was terrible on it, but we did an interview with him, and... Um, when we when we walked over there to do the interview, he was in in conversation with a couple of fans, and when they went away, he said, "All right, it's your your turn. You guys get over here before anybody else comes and bothers me." <laughs> so so we went over and we did the thing, and then because he played George Washington, 
in um, one of the American Revolutionary movie wars, war movies that he did. That's the autographed picture he gave me, and he would not let me pay for it. Wow. And that that one's now sitting on my wall here. Him How cool and is that? George Washington. And that so and, and Davy was excited to meet him. They, Davy, I mean, but we got to meet every year at Ancient City Con. We get to meet some of these people uh, from yeah. Star Trek or whatever. And they're if they're down to earth, I like them even more, and I become a bigger fan. Oh yeah, absolutely. If, if they're if they're snotty and snooty, I I I will not be a fan of them after that. And. Um, Mr. Sears and David, give me his first name. Sears. It was on our show last couple couple weeks ago. That lives out in California. It's Steve, right? Yes. Steven Sears. Sears. He had this. He he's he's a he's a uh, television show writer and producer out in California. He was on the show, and he had the same opinion. He's met dozens and dozens of these people. He he's written and produced Xena, Warrior, A Team, and all. And he says. Most of the stars are down to earth. He says he judges stars based on how they treat people when they're out of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's so it, true. That's, that's it. And it's the same with it's same with actors, same with movie stars, same with musicians. There, there's the picture of Davy with Gary Boswick. He actually lives in Florida. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. And I, I so I gave him my personal card and I said, "Have you ever toured St. Augustine? Never have. Well, you have my card. You and your wife." I will be your personal tour guide all over St. Augustine if you ever want to come up. And I seriously meant it. I'm sure he gets offers like that all the time and it's probably yeah. not going to take take up on it. But I seriously would take him around and show him the city of St. Augustine. Because yeah. for the same reason you take all the pictures of St. Augustine, we're both proud to be in the most historic city in the nation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No better place, man. I, I've lived there. That's I told you about radio moving around. I've been... Denver, LA, Phoenix, Detroit, Jacksonville, Dallas, San Antonio, um, and and I've loved most of the places I've lived. But uh, for this stage of my life, I can't imagine a better place than here. Carrie and I are just uh, we're just, we just love it here. You know, it, the the history is amazing. It's, I think like a lot of people, when you get a little older, you appreciate history even more, and that's certainly true with me. And and uh, what you do and what our friends at the militia do and the royal family and all the things that go on in town, it's just, uh, it's a gift to photographers like us. Um, I've told you and I've told uh, Bob from the militia and some of the other people that you guys are the magic that make it happen here in St. Augustine. And when I say guys, I mean guys and women these days. Um, you know, you're really would make this place come alive with history. Well, except for that day. Yeah. <laughs> that that was at the seafood festival. Uh, it was it was hot that What's day. Was rum running Fridays. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, the crew their lights and popping that picture up every once in a while and saying, "This is our captain." Oh, and so God. I have to tell you. No, I didn't send. I didn't send to Davy when we were talking about pictures today. I, there were so many pictures I didn't send, but the worst picture I ever took with celebrities was with the Judds, Naomi and the daughter Winona. Uh, this is like 1985. They were playing at Arlington Stadium in Texas, and we had in there. Oh, one of my lights went out. Battery did. <laughs> Um, and and uh, I have the goofiest look on my face. I'm, I'm just like between these two beautiful women, and I'm like, 
the worst picture. So I sometimes I'll put it on the Facebook page just for uh, you know this was just to get comments, right? <laughs> so now let's let's let me. I'm going to grease the wheels a little bit more here. <laughs> Beach 105 is part of a conglomeration of about five different radio stations. Five. There are right? actually five six. Yeah, there there are actually six. It's an interesting story. Um, we have uh, six radio stations, four in Flagler County, and two here. The two on the right there, St. Augustine Country and Beach 105.5, are the two here in St. Augustine. The other four are in Flagler County. The very first one in the company started in 2008 in Palm Coast, WNZF, the news station, just an AM station. And they have grown it from there. When I worked, I did mornings at the Eagle in Jacksonville. Um, I was there in the mid-2000s. And when I, I, I remember going to do a remote broadcast on Palm Coast Parkway for the Eagle. And I thought, oh, my God, I can barely hear the radio station in Palm Coast. It was like 60 miles down there from Jacksonville. And uh, so then I went away for a while. We kept our house here. I went and worked for CBS in Detroit. But we kept our house because we knew we wanted to come back. So we come back in 2011. And um, I work again in Jacksonville. And like radio, they fired us all in one year. And I thought, oh, my radio career's done. I'm just going to do voiceover and photography stuff. Well, as it turns out, I met David Ayers, who's my boss at Flagler Broadcasting. And uh, they were signing on a country station, which is now Kicks Country down there. And he kind of told me the story that uh, in the time I was in Michigan for three years, doing one contract with CBS, they had uh, put down the first stick uh, for radio in Flagler County ever. WNZF and had grown that to three and now coming up on four stations at that time. And then in uh, the end of 2014, they bought Beach 105.5. A really cool story about that is our owner is a gentleman named Jim Martin. And Jim is a local guy, went to Bowles up in Jacksonville. Um, and he has owned radio stations a lot of his life. And uh, he actually put Beach 105.5 on the air or the Signal 105.5 on the air is a brand new first time radio station in the 80s it was one of the first radio stations if not the first he ever owned and so we had this opportunity to buy it back again at the end of 2014 and did and that's when we became part of flag of broadcasting where we had uh, where we had uh, uh, the station here and then we added the country station about three four years ago um, but beach 105.5 is our biggest signal of all of our radio stations and uh, we get our signal reaches probably from about Butler Boulevard in Jacksonville down to about 100 in uh, Flagler County um, but it's really cool that, that the owner is a local guy that made good owned radio stations and got to kind of sort of buy his baby back so you feel a little responsibility on the air not to mess it up you know because Jim's a really good guy to work for so I I won't pigeonhole you into anything, but but at our age, we we tend to think that we we reach a point, and it's like I'm not going anywhere anymore. I'm not doing anything anymore. This is it. Um, are you in that position where this is this is this is it for you, or or is there a certain amount of money that might say, yeah, I'll go somewhere else if the money's right? No, I'd say this is it for me. When I when I uh, got fired in 2012. Um, there were a couple of opportunities I had. One would have been back in a big market in Miami, 
Um, I have a friend that's now retired in Mount Dora that was one of the guys that was kind of getting me connections there. I was a finalist for a job there, and we were a little leery at that stage of life going back to a big metro area. Uh, of course, the money's always better and bigger in a market like that. And the other place was, <laughs> oh gosh, radio stories. I was to drive out to Panama City Beach for uh, an operations manager job running like five, six radio stations, a group of stations. And uh, before I went on that trip, I met David, my boss now, and um, I backed out of even going on that thing. And of course, they were not happy with me. But yeah, the answer to the question is, I don't think we'd move now. I just think, you know, I'm, I don't want to give it all away, but I'm closer to 70 than 60. So I, I, I think the time to, to keep the roots where they are is, is now. Well, I, I, and I think that's one of, the, one of the reasons, and I'm lucky to have, I, I'll put this out there. I'm lucky to have Davey because Davey's a lot smarter technology-wise than I am. I'm an idiot. So I'm lucky to have Davey, and I've got Mason, and I've got uh, Mandy Joe out in Utah, who helps a lot do some of the things that we do. And it's one of the reasons why I keep pushing to do all the different things we do with this show, because I, I, I'm reaching a point where, you know, I, I've done, I've had days where I've done 8, 9, 10, 12 tours in a day. Now when I do four or five tours in a day, I'm wore out. Yeah. So we reach that point that we try to figure out other ways to, to make it so that we can still continue to do what we love. That's why you've got the photography. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Look at these shots. These, 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 <laughs> these are... Well, I'm not going to tell you what they are. You tell me what that is. That is a Falcon Heavy launch uh, with a long lens, and you can tell it's the heavy because of the... Uh, the tip of it's so big, and there's so many engines throwing uh, throwing fumes out there. And that's another passion is uh, is the rocket launches. I've had the uh, the honor and pleasure of being credentialed media at NASA a couple of times. Um, that that's what we call people that watch the launches. That's what we call the jellyfish effect. And the tip of the rocket is there on the left, and then the little bright spots you see uh, just a little ways back toward the bottom part of the bright part is uh, one of the boosters coming back to Earth. So uh, rocket launches are a passion too, just like uh, the moon photography and setting things up. That is the uh, contrail after the jellyfish effect. That was taken, oh, still before sunrise, you can see, probably about uh, 5.30 a.m. Uh, out at the pier following a launch. Which and, pier is that? That's not the St. Augustine Pier, is it? It is, yes. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. yeah. It's a couple of years ago, a couple of three years ago, probably 2018, maybe five years ago. That's a, that's, that's a really picture. The, 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 the blues and the pinks in that picture, and that all, that's all clouds over there where it looks like a skyline, but it's clouds. It's all clouds and then the, uh, the rocket contrail. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That is, uh, that one, that's one of my favorite spots actually locally, and I hate to give it away, but it's the little pier across from the lighthouse right by the Yacht Club on Salt Run. Yeah. Um, and you get the boats there, and uh, people always ask me, how do you get these shots? Um, what you're seeing there is the rocket launch is the big arc, um, and then the straight lines you see streaking across, those are airplanes coming through the shot. And that shot, you know, usually when you take a picture, it's like one one-thousandth of a second, something really quick. The shutter just goes boom like that, and you got a picture. Well, in rocket photography, to get these streak shots, 
you open the camera lens up and you let it sit there for minutes. And this is probably five to seven minutes that it's open taking the picture. But of course it's dark, so it takes a lot of light to make an impression on the uh, sensor. And you get this nice shot because it sees all of the light during the whole duration of the movement of the rocket. And that's why you get these streak shots. Uh, so it's really the right. For, for lack of better directions, up in the right-hand corner, those all those little streets, those are stars then, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, those are star trails. That the stars are moving cool that much in that seven minutes. That's a cool shot. That yeah. really is. And the yeah, different lights the on the boats. Pardon me? The different lights on the boats. And the fact... Now, in, in the on the right-hand side of the picture, the glow in the water, is that glow yeah. the reflection of the of the rocket shot? Yep, that is the glow of the rocket. That and and trust me, the uh, the raw photo was probably quite a bit dark, darker than that. You know, it was probably uh, pitch black when I took it. But because I have the the lens open so long, it's just gathering more and more light, so it sees it much different than your naked eye does. All right. So in my mind, because I'm not a technological person. You were doing that on a tripod, weren't you? Oh, absolutely. No way to do that without. Yeah, because you, you can't hold it still that long. Yeah, it has to be rock. Has to be rock steady. You see, I, I, I know some things about technology. <laughs> yeah, and if you look at it close, like the boats on the right, particularly um, in that seven minutes, those boats are moving a little bit, even if the water's as still as it can be, because it just moves. Yeah. Um, so you'll see a little blur if you zoomed in on it and had the whole full frame thing. But uh, generally speaking, it was. Pretty, pretty still out there that night. And the water is almost like glass in that air in the center. Yeah, that's, that's a, a pretty that, spot. That's a very good, good picture. That's really wonderful. Davy, are there any others? Was that just those four? Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's one. <laughs> this is uh, this is another SpaceX, and I think this is a Falcon Heavy again. And uh, people will say, "Oh, that's photoshopped." And Sometimes when they say Photoshop, what they really mean in the photography world is composite. And a composite could be one or more pictures or two or more pictures made into one. And this one is a composite um, of pictures that were taken probably seconds apart. Uh, the one to the left, the upper left, is the actual rocket itself, the second stage. And what's behind it is uh, what was caught in the remaining sunlight um, of the stage separation of the rocket. And you get that glow in those colors when it's just the perfect time, either before sunrise or after sunset. It's the same thing as the jellyfish look. It's just gotta be, it's dark on the ground, the sun has set, but it's still, they're still high enough at 60, 70 miles up that they're catching the sun and you get this iridescence or the jellyfish thing. So it's a, it's a really stunning thing. We were blessed to get that one last April. Um, we had uh, family here from Canada. My wife is Canadian, of course. And uh, they, they wanted to see a rocket launch. And that happened that night. And it, in fact, that was so striking. And I've done a lot of these things that for a minute I went, is that okay? <laughs> it kind of scared me because I'd never seen one quite like that. Wow. That's a great shot, too. Thank you. You're gonna. What you're gonna have to do is take all these shots and put them in a, a coffee table book. Yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to John Fielder. 
right. So Nightingale in Florida has asked a really good question. What is your favorite thing to take photos of besides oh. Captain Mayhem and the Pirates? Well, yeah, there is that. Uh, the sirens are always good. You know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'd have to take that back. Yeah, the sirens are much better than Captain Mayhem. <laughs> Boy, I would say it's probably a tie between the rocket launches and the moon shots. I think Carrie and I both agree. <laughs> it's it's hard to do it morning radio and, and being this age, but night photography is probably our favorite from the golden hour, you know, when it's dusk until the golden hour when it's uh, dawn uh, and all the dark in between. I remember one time we went out for like a just stupid on the weekend, it wasn't a work night three in the morning rocket launch and we went all the way to marine land to be a little closer and then they scrubbed it so it didn't go and carrie and i went well it's four in the morning what do you want to do so we went downtown and we set up on the east side of the bridge of lions and just saw shot uh car lights streaking across the bridge of course there weren't very many cars you had to wait for them because it was that time of the night and just being downtown at that time of the night when it was so quiet there wasn't a soul around was really cool uh, we don't get to do that much, but uh, I would say probably the rocket launches and the moon stuff. You know, recently people have been trying to get the Perseids meteor shower, and I did it the lazy way. I set up my GoPro to do a time lapse, and between in eight hours it took about 900 pictures, and I got one meteor out of 900 pictures. It's like a needle in a haystack. You're looking at everyone going, is there anything in that one? Oh, boy. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a good time to take, which would make good pictures if you haven't done it already, and it doesn't happen very often. But when a good fog rolls into St. Augustine, oh. and there's a fog rolling down the streets of, of, of St. George Street in Old Town. Oh, you, you've got to be able to get good pictures for that. Davy, is there any way I can send you a picture now that you can post? Sure. Through the chat. Yes. Um, oh, there's a good one. Looks um, like a dragon. I don't know how to send you a file. I pulled that one off your site. I'm on your site. Oh, okay. Um, I have a picture of uh, one of the boats downtown in the fog that, that was just amazing. You know, got you really lucky. to him uh, on his um, email? Uh, that, that ch- no, that chat stream that we were on where you got the link to come onto the show. Um, you can, you can pop it in there on, if you got your know. Facebook up. Did you send, send me that on Facebook? Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I probably can. You guys can bear with me here. You can vamp, right? What's that? You can vamp, right? Yep. Um, let's try that one. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and then Davey got it. See, that's why I have Davey. He knows all this stuff. I just keep saying, I'm the captain. I just go, eh. I'm like Captain Picard. Make it so. <laughs> that means Davy's number one, though, right? Yes, Davy's number one. There you go. Nobody wants to be number two. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's a cool picture. Look at that. Yeah, that was one one morning downtown. That is a nice picture. I don't know and, whose boat that is, but I, I I take those and I go, boy, I wish I owned that boat. They might buy that, you know. And that's a great picture, also because it's black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some pictures. Well, it was taken, it was taken in the fog. That's the old yeah. joke. <laughs> that is, you know, go back to the old comedian I mentioned, Woody Woodbury. Uh, yeah, that was an old joke he had. Was uh, well, it's in black and white. Well, it was taken in October. 
I know, I know. That, that, that's like some people when we talk about history. Everybody thinks that everything prior to World War II is all in black and white. <laughs> the entire world was in black and white. Exactly. Yeah. That is so true. We didn't have you know, color until, until later. Do you know the comedian uh, Eddie Izzard, the cross-dresser? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't want to talk about his cross-dressing with all that's going on in the world today. Just the fact he's a brilliant comedian. I used to love when he'd say, um, I'm from England, where the his or I'm from Europe, where the history is. <laughs> and then he made a joke about the United States that, that we were impressed when they, oh, in Miami, they were re re replacing a car park. And it was nearly 50 years old. <laughs> like 50 years was a big deal, you know. So I always loved when he said, Europe, you know where the history is. So from radio to photography, you kind of got two good corners of the community covered here. I think so. I, I have been, uh, you, you know, the radio has opened some doors for the events and getting to know people. And uh, you know when that was? That was interesting. That one's kind of blurry on here. We, we went to the uh, uh, fireworks over the Matanzas. And uh, I was going to tell you earlier, when you're looking about where the moon's going to be at a certain time, there is an app for that. That's how I know these things. And I knew for a fact that the moon was going to rise uh, out there in the east after the fireworks by about 20, 30 minutes. And so the fireworks ended and everybody's leaving downtown, the 30 or 40,000 people. And we stayed put and uh, there were people shooting fireworks out there. Um, and it was appearing in front of the lighthouse. Well, then the moon came up. And so then I got the moon and fireworks in front of the lighthouse. And I did a time lapse, that again is a picture taken every three minutes uh, of the moon as it was coming up in the clouds there by the lighthouse. But that was literally taken from uh, the Castillo clear across the bay. You can see the shadows of some people walking in front of the camera there, just their silhouettes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great shot, actually. Wonder if I, I don't know if I sent Davey this other one. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, fire. Another one I have uh, of the lighthouse. I don't know if I'm gonna. Oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It actually has the fireworks. That may take a little longer because it's. I think that one's a bigger picture. Oh, look at that one. Oh, you're on the site, yeah, for sure. Davey's quick, I'll tell you. Davey makes the show look good. That's a great shot with the Castillo in the back and the foreground. Yeah. Very good. There it comes. It's a bigger file. Sorry about that. Okay. Make it work for it, Davey. That's why I'm paying them the big bucks. That's right. <laughs> Tell you one thing I did one time with the uh, photography. I've shot a few of the big bands, and when I say big bands, I don't mean Tommy Dorsey. I mean like Foreigner, you know, right? At, at the amp or some pro bands at, at the amp or something like that. Well, look and, at that uh, shot. That's a cool shot. Yeah, that's that's that same night. And uh, I actually, as you know, I have a really good relationship. In fact, I'm quite proud of this. I'll toot the horn a little bit. We have the uh, spring quarterly cover of the uh, Spyglass magazine for the Lighthouse. And then I think we have another one coming up for something I can't really disclose at this point uh, that they're going to use on the, on the cover of something they're working on. 
Um, but we uh, have a great relationship with them. We're members there, and we did all of their pictures with Santa last year, so we have a good relationship with them. Anyway, so I'm shooting Foreigner at the Amp several years ago, and again, here's old guy stuff. Um, I had cataracts at the time. <laughs> so when you shoot a band at the Amp, and really any big band like that, the band usually controls, well, the pro photographers can come in for the first two or three songs, is typically how it goes. And so I go up there, and I'd never shot at the Amp before. I'd shot up at Bystar in Jacksonville before. And uh, they have this railing between the people in the pits and where the photographers can go right next to the stage, literally touching it. Right. And, um, but there's these rails to protect the band and the stage and everything. And we had to walk through there. And, of course, I had cataracts I could barely see. I nearly killed myself because I shouldn't have been doing this because I couldn't see very good. So I got hardly any good pictures because I was, I was just a fool to try and take it on. So I'm going to try and see if they'll approve me for Foreigner again next March on their 50th tour at, uh, at the end. But that, my, I nearly killed myself that night. My, my wife sent me a tag because I guess Brett Michaels is coming sometime yeah. in, in the fall. Yep. Um, does Beach 105 uh, sponsor or support some of these older bands? We don't sponsor them. Uh, most of them don't need it, um, but we certainly get some advertising dollars from the AMP and the county. Of course, the county owns the AMP. Um, and uh, um, we'll give away tickets to some of the bigger shows. You know, we just give away tickets to Jason Mraz. Um, uh, I can't, can't really give it away, but I will give it away. We probably will have some tickets for Foreigner and Steve Miller Band. Ooh, the last one we saw was Foreigner and Sticks, and it was really good. Yeah, you know, you can't see it, but the pictures behind me are my 50th birthday was at uh, the Florida Theater with Tommy Lee. Uh, Tommy Lee. Uh, Tommy and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Tommy and Jimmy from uh, from Sticks. That, that was a pretty cool night there. You want to hear another crazy radio story? Yes. Um, one, of my, uh, one of my craziest days was my 30th birthday. I was program director and doing middays on, on a country station in Dallas, KSCS. And uh, we were having promotions meetings. It was January. My birthday's in January, so it was my 30th birthday. But we happened to have this meeting at the Fort Worth Stockyards, which is a pretty well-known place that has offices and so on, and conference rooms. And so you have the general manager, who later went on to be the president of ABC Radio. Um, you have the sales managers from two radio stations. This is in the days when companies could only own... And 1 a.m. and 1 f.m. Um, and then you had the two program directors, and then you had uh, one promotions director for the for the two radio stations. And John Hare, who was our general manager at the time, said, "Don't interrupt us for anything, right? Because these were, you, you know, planning for the year for promotions." Well, <laughs> knock at the door, and uh, comes in and calls our boss out, and he comes back about five minutes later, white as a sheet, and uh, and uh, we're all going, "Oh boy." This has got to be really serious. Turns out that uh, the Naval Air Station had a habit of playing chicken with the tower farm for the radio and TV stations in Cedar Hill, south of Dallas, and uh, they crashed into one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they knocked, uh, gosh, three or four radio stations off the air and two, I believe, of the network TV stations off the air. And... Uh, um, that litigation went on for a long time, but somebody got, got a little bit of a ringer on that one, I'm thinking. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I bet they did. <laughs> so I'll never forget my 30th birthday. Uh, so 
I'm interested in Jack Black. I think that his music and everything that he does, and he's been here twice already in the last six months. Yeah. yeah. And so, and I, I didn't know it, and I'm going to have to make sure I try to go next time. And the other reason, too, is, although I don't think so, I get so many people that say I look like Jack Black. So i got to go stand next to him and take a picture to prove to everybody that I don't look like Jack Black. Not separated at birth, right? That's it. There you go. And the other one, though, and he's only been here once, and if he ever comes back again, one of my comedy heroes is Steve Martin. Oh, just had a birthday today. Yes. And yeah. him and the, the his banjo-playing band, and they played here, and... Hell, some of the some of the stupid stuff I do in my magic act, I stole from Steve Martin. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I I I'd love to be able to meet him and, and and at least shake his hand. It's not a starstruck thing. I'd hope that we'd have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so, and there's a, you know, there are a lot of people I don't think realize that he is brilliant playing the banjo. He's really oh, he good. Is. He, yeah, that's how, I mean, that's how he started, you know, yeah. uh, banjo and balloon animals and magic tricks, yeah. arrows through the head. Uh, there, there's, there's Jack, Jack Black. I do not look like Jack Black. I'm not seeing it. I don't see it either. No, but I, I but I think he's he's a great actor. And I, I think I really turned around to being a fan of Jack Black when I watched School of Rock. I thought School of Rock was a great movie. And uh, so Jim's got a crazy radio story. Used to be the local radio guy at Al, used to be local radio guy Al Brennan, a.k.a. Dirty Al, who once gave a lowly deputy a set of tickets to a tractor pull contest in Jacksonville, the radio station had. Afterwards, I mentioned, afterward, I mentioned, I wonder who that lowly deputy was to <laughs> Al. What a great time my son had and how he loved it. Oh, Wow. Al made sure we had tickets to every one of the shows from then on. That's a great story. That's I, wait a minute. What was that that Will the Historian said? Everybody, everybody says, says I look like Jack, Jack Black, Black as well. As well. Oh my God, Will the Historian, that's my son. Oh. That's my son. He's actually a history teacher up in Alabama. So oh, he watches wow. the show regularly. So, Whereabouts in Alabama? Uh, North Alabama, up near Huntsville, but uh, but uh, Will William, you can be more direct. Which uh, exactly where up near Huntsville, right? And he'll answer in a minute. While he's answering that, I do have a question to ask my son. Also, uh, the December Monday closest to December seventh, I think, is the fourth. Do you want to be on the show and talk about Pearl Harbor and World War Two? Because he was on the show when we talked about DJ D Day, mm -hmm. I think it'd be really cool to have my son back on the show again when we talk about Pearl Harbor and World War II, the first part of December. My namesake was a major in the hospital uh, when the attack took place, yeah. and uh, after he got out, he had a 50 millimeter bullet that he found in the beach in the sand, and for years uh, it was. My mom put it in resin like they do these days in a martini glass, put this bullet in and dried in the resin, and uh, that broke off the martini glass, and that's how that thing was kept all these years. So that's my son. There and you go. He does look like Jack Black. Yeah, and his lovely wife. And I see that he made a comment that the reason we look like Jack Black is because of our awesome beards and our personality. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Man. 
the reason I son. the reason I asked about where in Alabama, of course, radio is a small world like entertainment in general is. And uh, um, I have a friend that is well, actually, she and her husband both live in Birmingham. She she's part of the morning show on WZZK in Birmingham. So, yeah, he's up in North Alabama. Gotcha. Hi, very good. So, what's your? I'm going to pigeonhole you, and you tell me what is your favorite radio story. Unless you've already told it. Well, it's hard to beat the jet story. Um, <laughs> um, how adult can we get on here? I can be sensitive. We can be pretty adult. I mean, okay. So we, I mean, last week my comedian used a couple of foul languages and we didn't get in trouble for it. So this I mean, is a little bit long winded, but I think it's probably worth it. You know, you hear about groupies. This goes back to Dallas. I was at a country station, and uh, we did these big free concerts every year called Country Fair. And back in those days, uh, the uh, Texas Rangers played at Arlington Stadium. This is in the middle 80s. And so we had the shows there, and one year we had the Judds and Gary Morris and Lee Greenwood. One year we had Alabama, and I forget who else, maybe Reba McIntyre. So I got to meet all those people, which was wonderful. Um, but we were known, country station, as the No Bull Station because we didn't talk as much. That was the idea. More country, no bull. And uh, we had a big inflatable no bull. So it wasn't called the bull, it was called the KSCS no bull. And it was this big inflatable thing and during the concert it was inflated like at first or third base next to the stage for these big concerts. And you know, back in those days, Arlington Stadium, probably 40, 45,000 people at these things. So we get through the whole weekend of Saturday show, Sunday show and so on and we're tearing down. But we're doing pictures down in the dugouts with uh, the celebrities. And uh, I come back up after, uh, and I'd started deflating the uh, the no bowl, hold the plug on the fan, you know. And I come back up after taking pictures and the bowl's gone. <laughs> so, so I, like I said, I'm the program director and my life is passing before my eyes. I don't know what that thing costs, but it was probably $10,000, $15,000 in those days. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so fired, you know. So then I'm, I'm, I'm going, what are we going to do? So i got to start going around the parking lot. So I'm in the van, the station van with the call letters on it. And these two drunk country chicks, um, the van's unlocked. They just hop in because I'm going like zero miles an hour almost, looking for somebody who might be loading this in a pickup or something like that. And they want T-shirts, and they are just a little sizzle. And uh, one of them starts taking off her shirt. <laughs> so, and she don't have nothing on under that shirt. And so now I'm not only getting fired because the no bowl got stolen, but now I've got a topless girl in the station van driving around with kids going back to the car after this concert. So I'm, my life is passing before my eyes. Well, finally, I got her a T-shirt and took care of that. Thank you, ladies. Have a nice day. I think we got past that. And what we ended up doing on the no bowl thing was we put it on the air and made it a contest that uh, if you can find this and turn them in, we'll give you a reward. Or if you have it and just happen to, you know, drop it on our doorstep in the middle of the night, nothing will happen if you do it the next 72 hours. And sure enough, it showed up. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think to turn it into a, a promotional extravaganza was probably a good idea anyway. 
They haven't right. saved my job. What wasn't my idea, but they still saved my job. <laughs> hey, Davey. Yeah. I think we've reached that point where we need to do. Um, uh, let's see. How about uh, this week in nautical history? Okay. I think we're. You don't have any video highlights, right? Um. Pretty good, pretty good work from our buddy there. Yeah, Jay, Jay Wilson air, uh, drone shooting. I, I, so the whole concept was just this idea I had in my head that that little boy is sitting there just thinking of pirates and these pirates step in. So we're, we're going to try, Davy is going to try to ghost our images so that we look more ghostly or spiritual kind of a thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, Jonathan does good work, and uh, I really got to know him during uh, Seafood Festival last year, too. I, I really enjoy talking to him, and we communicate on Facebook quite a bit. So that's a cool idea. It looked really neat, man. Yeah, and that was just, you know, we were experimenting that night. We're going to set up another night probably in September, and uh, I'll let you know the date. You, you and your wife bring the cameras out, too. Yeah, yeah, we'll take some stills and stay the heck out of his way so we're not in his frame and it'll be fun. Let's see if we can uh, figure out when the full moon is in September, which is probably at the first part of the month. Um, but we'll, I'll, look, you send me that app over and we'll figure it all out and see what we can do. I already do know, the, you know there's two this month. There's one August 30th. Is there really? There is, yeah. This is that blue moon month where you get two of them. Hmm, maybe we'll have to look at that date a little closer. All right. That might be a good one. And I know uh-huh. Jay, Jay Wilson is watching, so you look at your calendar. John, you look at your calendar. I'll see what I can do about pirates. And what's the 30th of August? What day of the week is that? It's one that ends in Y. All Wednesday? Right, that makes it easy. What's it's that? Wednesday. Wednesday. The only problem is trying to get pirates out on a weeknight because they just seem to want to go to bed early. But Take some, take some rum out there. I hear that draws them like flies to whatever well, I will. I, I, I will do that. Let's see what we can do. Davey, go ahead and pop up that This Week in Nautical History while I look at some of the questions. Welcome to This Week in Nautical History, sponsored by our friends at Florida Water Tours. If you want to see our beautiful city by water, they are the ones for you. We start off 1498. Christopher Columbus landed at the mouth of the Orinoco River in what is now Venezuela. 1559. Spanish explorer Don Tristan de Luna lands in Pensacola Bay, Florida. 1578. Francis Drake renames his flagship the Pelican to the Golden Hind in honor of his patron, Sir Christopher Hatton. 1620. Mayflower set sail from Southampton, England with 102 pilgrims. Then, 1762, the English fleet occupies Havana. 1796, British defeat Batavian Navy 
in Saldanha Bay, South Africa. 1807. Robert Fulton's steamboat, the Claremont, begins first trip up Hudson River. Ooh, 1817. 60 to 70 foot sea serpent sightings reported offshore in Gloucester, Massachusetts. 1838. United States Exploring Expedition headed by Charles Wilkes, departs for the Pacific Ocean and Antarctica. And finally, in 1915, British liner SS Arabic sunk by the German submarine without warning, leaving Liverpool for New York, killing 44, creates diplomatic incident. And that was This Week in Nautical History. Hey, look who came to join me. Max. Max. Oh. Max decided to come in and say hello to everybody. Howdy, Max. See, they're saying hello to you, man. The cheap pups say woof. <laughs> All right. Great job, Davey, uh, as always, and our friends at Florida Water Tours. A little hint, little secret, Florida Water Tours is providing a boat for all of us pirates on September 19th. That's International Talk Like a T Pirate Day, and we will be out there on the water they have a 37-passenger boat, and we're going to have at least 25 pirates out there. I'm making room for a few others to go out there and take pictures and have some fun. We talked to Jay, Jay Wilson about taking the drone out there and flying the drone around the boat while we're out there. John, I might have to have you come out there and take some pictures as well. As long as you're not bringing a plank for anybody to walk, I think I'm good. I, well, it'll be a short plank. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we normally have mail call at this point in time between our two last videos, but there is no mail to worry about. <clears throat> and the reason we don't have mail is because during the school year, I get lots of messages from the children that come to the tours, but during the summertime, we don't have that. So we forego mail call. But Davey will give us Dick's Wings sponsorship of This Week in History, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to This Week in History. Sponsored by our friends at Dick's Wings Bar and Grill. If you like great food and wonderful drinks, then this is the place for you. We start this week in history in the year 1735. Evening Post begins publishing, Boston, Massachusetts. 1765, Massachusetts colonists challenge British rule by an elm. 1777, American militiamen defeat British forces at the Battle of Bennington, near Vermont, during the American Revolutionary War. In 1846, Henry David Thoreau jailed for refusing to pay taxes. In 1848, Oregon Territory created. Then in 1873, Field and Stream magazine begins publishing. 1891, First public bathhouse with showers opens in New York City. People's Bath. 1911, Procter & Gamble unveils its Crisco shortening. 1935, Social Security Act becomes law. 1939, The Wizard of Oz, American musical fantasy film adaptation of L. Frank Baum's book premieres at the Grauman's Chinese Theater, Hollywood. 1945, VJ Day, Japan surrenders unconditionally to end World War II. 
also August 15th, depending on time zone. In 1956, Elvis Presley's Don't Be Cruel and Hound Dog goes number one and stays number one for a record 11 weeks for a single. 1965, Sonny and Cher single, I Got You Babe, hits number one. 1969, Woodstock Festival opens in Bethel, New York on Max Uger's Dairy Farm. Performers include Richie Havens, Tim Harden, Ravi Shankar, Melanie, Arlo Guthrie, and Joan Baez. And finally, 1971, U.S. President Richard Nixon announces 90-day freeze on wages, prices, and rents. And that is This Week in History. Davey, do some of those musical ones have anything to do with our guest tonight? I could actually add to that. Uh, go ahead, add us one. Give us one. I'll give, I'll give you a couple of them here before I get to music. These, a couple of these are very interesting. Uh, 267 years ago, Daniel Boone married 16-year-old Rebecca Bryan. Their marriage lasted 56 years. They had 10 children. That's kind of interesting. This was disturbing. How old was he? Um, it doesn't say, but uh, you got to know he was older, right? Yeah. That's how it went back then. Uh, 122 years ago, 1901, nurse Clara Moss was so determined to prove that yellow fever was spread by mosquitoes, she allowed herself to be bitten by one. She was right, but dead within two weeks. True story. Wow. That's dedication, I guess. I don't know. And this is the one that's really music related. It's kind of a big deal, too. It was 38 years ago today in 1985 that Michael Jackson bought the publishing rights to most of the Beatles' music library. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah, I, for for all of his faults, like any, like we were talking about earlier with some of some of these people, like comedians, they're highly intelligent people. Yeah, yeah. But they sure have some of their faults. I mean, um, I think it was last week was the anniversary of the death of Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a, a, a brilliant, brilliant comedian, but he had problems and he absolutely did yeah 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 sad stuff you know i think you and i talked uh, one time i was over at your place there and and we talked uh about the entertainment world and it's long been my kind of theory i don't know if i could prove this or not probably couldn't that people in that position have much more trouble handling fame than they do fortune People can usually figure out the money thing, or they got accountants or whatever. But some of them, when they get really famous, it just overwhelms them. The lack of privacy and, you know, it just gets to them, it seems like to me. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's one of the other arguments that I have with people who start to step into my world as a pirate or other worlds as reenactors or cosplay or whatever else that so many of them, they do not realize that once you're in the public eye, you're, you're a role model, whether you want oh, to be yeah. or not. Yeah. And you have to really, and, and it's one of the subjects we talk about in my acting seminar, you are a role model, whether you want to be a role model or not, and then you have to kind of adjust the way you are. So it's, um, the, the entertainment life, I, I wouldn't trade most of it for anything in the world because I've enjoyed so much of it. I am not 
a great, humongous, in any way, shape, or form celebrity, but I, I do believe that I am a wonderful, and, and, and this may sound like a brag to some people, but I am a wonderful ambassador to the oldest city in the United States. I couldn't agree more. And, and I do believe that, that that is a responsibility I do take very serious. So let's go all the way back to the beginning because I see some things here. So, uh -oh. John, just so you know who we got here, Zachary Harker, who just, uh, he, Davey's going to pop some of them up here. Zachary Harker's up in Michigan. He watches our show from Michigan. Whereabouts in Michigan? I used to work at WOMC in Detroit. Yeah, I seem to recall that. I, I don't remember where in Michigan he is, but he may answer by the time we get to the end of all this. Nightingale in Florida, she is part of the St. Augustine Swashbucklers. And Margaritaville, I'm a big fan of Jimmy Buffett. There you go. Who isn't a big fan of Jimmy Buffett? John Boyd is online watching us from um, Facebook, and his name is Tinker. I gave him that pirate name because he can fix just about anything. Oh, wow. Well, the historian is there. We go through all these because I, I personally think that acknowledging everybody that's watching the show, if we can, we should. And uh, what's the question of the week? He just made it. So the question of the week is, what genre of music or radio do you like to watch, Will the Historian? Uh, let's see. Going down. Um, Ransom Mayhem is here. He's over in Panama City. He's the captain of the, let's see, what's the name of that pirate crew? Oh, the Pirates of the White Sands, and they do a big his, big event in October. The, I can't think of the name of it all of a sudden. It is the, uh, Davey, can you help me? I can't think of the name of it for some reason. I'm having a big blank White in my Sand. head. What's Pirates that? Of the White Sands. Pirates of the White Sands is the name of the crew, and we'll get with you, but St. Augustine Swashbucklers and several crews from all over the country are going down for this. I've even talked to a few of the pirates from the Leviathan that are actually going out and being a part of it also. So we look forward to having it there. Betsy Spears, I say hello to you too. Thank you very much for watching us. We appreciate it when you're there watching us. Um, that is so cool. Beach 105 Radio, St. Augustine. <laughs> Arg. I don't know who Arg. that is. I love that. We have no idea who the Facebook users are unless they make make mention of themselves. <clears throat> Will, the historian, says he's a podcast listener, everything from Joe Rogan to the captain. Well, how can you go wrong? Joe Rogan or the captain? Can't At least we know you don't look like Joe Rogan. No, that's true. No, yeah. that's true. Uh, Jay Wilson, aerial photography. Thanks for the shout out. Of course, I'm going to give you a shout out, mate. You did a great job for us. My father is a big fan of the Blues Brothers. Oh, cool. I very, very cool. Um, Jim Neuernfeld almost missed the show. It's a good thing you didn't because we got that great story of you and the tickets for the tractor pull. Yes. Let's see. What about pirates coming through the fog on St. George Street? Yeah, that would be a really good picture. If it ever happens, we'll have to see what we can do about it. John, that'll be a picture we have to think about. You know what? I worked with Bob and uh, the militia for the last few years to try and get the silhouettes of the guys during Colonial Night Watch with the torches in front of the Castillo. I was down in the moat. And that's a hard shot because of the low light and, and all that. But we finally got it last year. But, man, pirates in the fog, <laughs> that would be right up there, man. I'd love well, to get a bit, but you, it's got to be foggy. You got to get there. You got to get the shot. Eh, that's asking. A, that's a big ask. Well, I, I, I'm not going to give away the, this entire thing, but uh, our friends there, Jay Wilson, um, at, with the drone shooting, 
he has this really cool idea about pirates and I'm going to leave it at that but it's got to be done early in the morning because we're going to we're going to block traffic with his idea. It's a, John, <laughs> I'll tell you about it when the show's over. I'll shut up because I don't there want anybody go. to steal the idea. It's a great yeah. idea. Well, we, we just got to figure make, it out. We make fog with a fog machine one of the alleys coming out. We yeah, could that'd do be that. I may send you one that. more picture if I can find that one of the militia. Would you mind that? No, yeah. actually, pop it up there as we're going through. That's fine. Yeah, we, we could actually put some fog machines down there. And we're working on some cold fog machines now so we can keep the fog ground level. That would be pretty cool. Let's see. Um, my my son, Will, the historian, says, you would not believe the stuff my students say and believe. Could start an entire podcast just on that subject. <laughs> I, You know, I've watched my son post things about his students and the silly things that they think and do. And having the same experience with students on my tours... I, I just, I, in fact, I, I, I'll say this. A tour I had last week, there was a, a young lady. She was probably about 16 years old. She had tattoos all over her. She was pierced everywhere. She was wearing baggy pants that dragged on the floor. Her hair was cut short. She was kind of e e emo looking, I think is the term. Yep. <laughs> And for some reason, somebody said something about Twitter, and she piped up and said, yep, Elon Musk has ruined Twitter for everybody. And I went, not going to answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> not going to answer that one. So There are a few things I tiptoe around on the radio, that's for sure. What's that? There are a few things I tiptoe around on the radio, that's for sure. Uh, there's a great picture. Yeah, there's that Nightwatch photo. That's a good picture. It <laughs> took several years to get that right, but yeah, it was it was nice to be down there for sure. It's it's a cool look with all of them in costume at night right in front of the Castillo. The only bad part, but it's not a bad part, so bad is not the right word, but you in the back there on the on the drawbridge, is that a bunch of tourists just standing there? No, that's the whole procession. There's like a really? okay. people. It's yeah. hard to see. They're all well, in costume there. Yeah, that's good to know. That's a good one. Yep. So let's see. We got Jim's crazy radio story. Um, we got Will the Historian and Captain Mayhem's stories on Jack Black. That's very good. Um, Jim says that actually looking at their ages, wouldn't Jack Black look more like Captain Mayhem? Yeah, maybe that's true. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Not to mention August is usually a great time for phosphorescence at the beach oh really here really is that i'm true? not sure of that one i didn't i didn't know about that well, i was going to mention though if you want to look more like jack black maybe you could try that new stuff just for pirates <laughs> yeah I think i'm getting I look, punchy i'm getting punchy i i i think i look better with the white i think you do all right so somebody said hello to max there's there oh sketchy guy Sketchy Guy is our artist who did our logos oh. and uh, some of our cartoon work. He's out in Las Vegas, Nevada. We need to actually have a conversation with you, Sketchy Guy. And this week is pretty open, so let's get together. I need to talk. I got a couple of uh, new things I want you to work on, and let's see what we can do. Pirates of the High Seas. Thank you, Ransom Mayhem. I could not think of the name of the event. I had no idea. But uh, at last talking with my brother, the 
Pirates of the High Seas event, as, as of last year, was moved into a park next to where it normally is, and they have a period-correct encampment. And this past week, I believe, he told me they have at least 23 period-correct encampment tents going to be in that encampment. It'll be a lot of fun. Would love to take pirates, take photos of the pirates in the fog. I believe that is your better half. <laughs> I might know who that girl is. Yes. Yeah, you might know who that one is. Uh, I think I've been in the fog with that girl a few times. Ah, there's a new listener. Danny, Danny Patnoid is on. He is a great Irish singer that I hope I can get him to sing at Old City Pirate Fest in 2024. I thank you very much for the compliment. We're glad to have you here. Um... Let's see, who else do we have here watching us? Uh, Jim, 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 I see Kerry. I, so we've reached the end, very good. So you, now we have a lot of people that are active, but we have a lot of people that are not necessarily always watching or making comments, so that's always good too. It is time though for two things. Guests on deck. Davey, did you get the new one? Ladies and gentlemen, look at what we got. Next week, Ron Brown. He makes rum. He's coming here all the way from Tennessee to sit in the chair with me. And after that, Sheriff Hardwick, uh, both myself and our guest here have had good conversations with Sheriff Hardwick. He's wonderful to talk to. Black Sales Adventures out of North Carolina is going to be our guest in September. A surprise special for September 11th. I'm only going to tell you this. Pirates of the Caribbean, we'll leave it at that. Anniversary show and big talk like a pirate event. Humane Society, and Colby. She's the author of a book, Wicked in St. Augustine. It's all about the, the wicked fun of St. Augustine's history. Gambling, prostitutes, rum running. Well, it sounds like a pirate's dream to me. <laughs> the Humane Society will be helping them out with their pinup for pauses. Uh, and Colby has decided... No, wait, I'm sorry. I'm a little further behind. Morgan Lanny does ghost tours. We're going to talk about ghost tours in October. Carol Busby... We're going to talk about the history of women pirates. We're going to promote Spooktacular, talk about the Halloween special, Tasting Tours of St. Augustine, Dick's Wings Live podcast on November 13th at Dick's Wings on US1. It is our holiday party for the crew and another way to make a little bit more money and have some fun. Some new ones on the list. Diane Hanman. She is a movie prop designer and is best known for the fact that she created the Stay Puff Monster for Ghostbusters. Wow. Yes, she's going to be on the show. I believe St. Nicholas himself may be here taking over the show on November 27th. If we can get my son to do Pearl Harbor special on December 4th, I have a possibility of December 11th and 18th already taken. We'll do a Christmas special on the 25th and a New Year's Day resolutions and the history of resolutions into 2024. So you see, we're already set all the way up to the 1st of January. We're in pretty good shape for our guests. Interesting fact, Captain. Uh, I don't want to make this run way too long, but you were talking about your Pearl Harbor thing. Um, one of the things that I left off this day in history that I had here was 78 years ago today, Japan surrendered, ending World War II. Oh, that was today. Yeah. Uh, I, I had that in the history. Did you have it? I just missed it. I apologize. Ah, that's BJ it. Day. Yeah. That's right. BJ, BJ Day. Day. Very there you good. Go. Yeah. So, Davey. Uh, Minnie Mayhem needs to tell us the answer to that damn joke. Okay. Okay, it's time for the answer to the joke of the week. How do pirates motivate each other during a race? The answer is 
Rum bottle, rum. <laughs> I like it. It's like run forest. <laughs> there you Jury's go. Still, Jury's still out on that one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when we first started, we used to say thank yous to everybody, but it was more appropriate for us to do something a bit more professional and honorable. So, Davey, put up our thank you, please. The Captain Quarters podcast is indeed a ship sailing the seas of the world, always in search of history, knowledge, and adventure. It takes a crew to run a ship, so we'd like to take this opportunity to thank those who help keep the ship afloat. Our sponsors, St. Augustine Pirate and Treasure Museum, Dick's Wings Bar and Grill, Spyglass Travel, Ancient City Sirens, Rikers Reenactors, Paper and Strings, Shiver Me Pictures, and Florida Water Tours. The supporting cast and crew, Captain William Mayhem, Navigator Davy Longwood, Gunner Hellfire Henley, Cartographer Mandy Joe, Juan Cam, and of course, our Potter Monkey. Helping others gives the crew purpose. The four major charities we support, with always room for more, are Inc. Investing in Kids, St. John's County Fire Cadets, Says St. Augustine Youth Services, and the Humane Society. You too can be part of the crew and support the show in many ways. Go to Patreon, support us with a small monthly contribution as Powder Monkey or First Mate memberships. Go to YouTube, hit the like and subscribe button to join our ranks and support the show. Or a single contribution which helps with other expenses of the show. Thank you, it does take a crew. We have one other sponsor that may be coming on the show soon, and they're, I've given them an opportunity to be a sponsor of both the show, Spooktacular, and the pod, uh, the Old City Pirate Fest, and that's Templar's Knight Knives and Swords, and they've agreed to make special weapons for all three of the events, a podcast knife, a Spooktacular weapon and an Old City Pirate Festival weapon, which we will auction off. The one for the podcast, we're still trying to come up with a way to bring that about. And I think we're going to make it available to one of our faithful listeners at the end of the year as a Christmas present. We'll work on the details of that and start pro promoting that in about two weeks. So be watching. We can't do this without you. And these are our platforms. So if you don't get to watch us on YouTube live that night and be a part of the cast and a part of the gallery, you can catch us on Spotify and Instagram the very next day. Or if you want to listen, and I get a lot of people in the museum that take the card for the podcast and tell me when they're driving back to their home in Ohio or Michigan or wherever they're going, they're going to listen to us on the road. So ladies and gentlemen, Viewing us on YouTube, Spotify, and Instagram. Listening to us on Stitcher, iHeart, CastBox, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. That is one of the other reasons why we have changed the format of our history segments with the voices of our crew so that people can hear them. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're at 1,395 subscribers. My goal is 1,400 by the end of the month. We only need five more by the end of August. We'd love to have you be a subscriber. Look at our numbers. Our numbers are strong. We're just a few short numbers shy of having YouTube believe that we are worthy of pay, which means that they will post our 
podcast and put commercials in there because people are watching us. So watch us, please, and be a part of what we do. It's always good to have you there. On that note, before I always close, John, when I see you next, I have a gift for you. Yes, sir. And it's one of these. We give one of these to every guest. It is a poker chip. On the front of it is our logo. You can see it. I can get it closer to the camera. You can see our logo right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And on the back of it is our sign-off call sign. And it's a black poker chip, so if you've been to Vegas, you know that black is always $100, but it's not worth 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I have one for you, and I'm sure I'll see you here soon real quick, and I want to make sure you get one of those to hang on to. It's like a drink coin. It's like a challenge coin. You know what those are. I do. So if you ever show up downtown, and I don't have mine, I guess I'm buying you a drink, which I probably would do anyway. <laughs> I so appreciate that. So, what a wonderful night it's been. I appreciate it so much. It's been wonderful. We've, we're hitting about the hour and a half mark, almost the two-hour mark now. And I always tell everybody, if it's just me and Davey, the show's boring and we get done in 55 minutes. But when we have guests that have a lot to say and a lot to share, it's always fun to have those people. I see Logan Spencer from um, Georgia is online. He said hello. And a couple of others have just come into the back. There's Stephen Rise. He was asked to be there. Uh, Davey, I'm going to send you a picture of my charming watching the podcast to your messenger. Very good. So we've got others that have just been tuning in and watching also. So, John, it yes, has sir. been a pleasure to have you here. But I always like to give my guest one last point, one last stage. What would you like to say? I think what I'd like to say is something that I said earlier tonight and uh, that, that we want to thank you for uh, keeping our cameras busy and being part of uh, the magic of St. Augustine. The podcast is just another part of that now about what you do and, and your crew does and uh, all the good you do in the community. You, you know, you mentioned uh, your four main uh, charities that you work with. Well appreciated. And uh, the more you do that, the more we get to be out there with cameras and have fun taking your pictures. So. Thanks for being part of the Magic of St. Augustine and allow me to be a part of this. You went a little long because I've been talking for 50-some years on the radio. It's going to be hard to shut me up now. I, and you know what? I enjoy having my guests speak out and tell us what they've got to say. We're going to be working the uh, Seafood Festival together in April of 2024. Yep, that'll be fun. So yep. that'll be fun. Maybe we can figure out a couple of other things to do. I know I stopped down at your booth a couple of times, did a couple of yep. live spots for you. Um, but anytime you want to put the voice of Captain Mayhem and the Pirates in whatever you're doing, you um, you let me know. We, we've already talked about a couple of other things. I, I, I think I remember telling you about a magic show I did on radio once. Yeah, yeah. you did yeah. tell me about that. Interesting no magic happened. Sure. It was all sound effects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or so powder monkey is what we call it in front of their banner. What, what's that, Davey? Powder monkey could step in for a photo in front of their banner for them. Absolutely, oh, powder monkey's but there. What'd you say? Giveaway. So, anything you got in mind, John? I, working together in, in the small community that we are, but we are a big community, is just a positive for both of us. Well, definitely, we'll have more conversations off the air, and I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on tonight. And uh, for what comes next, man. Hey, 
I hope that your health is good and that things go well for you. And uh, just remember, it all comes out in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Little insightful with that, ladies and gentlemen. I've been doing fun to do. Aye, we do. And Davey, go ahead. Our sign-off numbers are? Go ahead. Part of the podcast. Part of the crew. Always. Thank you for watching us tonight. We look forward to seeing you next week. Good night.